Please stay tuned for important disclosure information at the conclusion of this episode. Welcome to the Investing Insights Podcast for Morningstar. In this week's podcast, Adam Milson from Morningstar Research Services joins Susan Jabinski from Morningstar Inc. to provide tips for finding the best 529 plan, also a roundup of the top three plans in Morningstar's coverage, and finally, a list of plans to avoid. Let's get started. First, Adam tells us what to look out for when shopping for a plan. Hi, I'm Susan Chabinski with Morningstar. Many families use 529 education savings plans as vehicles for college savings. What should investors consider when shopping around for a 529 plan? Joining me today to discuss the topic is Adam Milson. Adam is an analyst with Morningstar's multi-asset funds research team and the author of Morningstar's latest report on 529 education savings plans. Thanks for being here today, Adam. Thanks for having me, Susan. Pleasure. So, Adam, let's start out by talking a little bit about what 529 education savings plans are and why they're so attractive for saving for college. Absolutely. So, 529 education savings plans are tax-advantaged investment vehicles for savers so they can grow their assets over time to be used for qualified education expenses. Uh, What's unique about the 529 plan is that the contributions go in after tax, but those assets as they grow, they grow tax-free. And then when you withdraw those assets for qualified education expenses, they're also tax-free. Almost all 50 states provide uh, or sponsor a 529 plan, and investors can access those through either directly or through a financial advisor. Now, you mentioned a little bit about taxes in your comments. And so it seems like your first step when looking for a 529 plan would be to sort of examine your plan in your own state because there might be additional tax benefits if you stay in-state. What should you be looking for? Right, absolutely. So the state tax benefit available to an in-state resident is a very important part of what an investor would want to look at when they're thinking about what plan is suitable for them. Um, Those tax benefits can come in a couple of different options. So it can be a deduction or it can be a credit. And they can be a a very generous amount. So, you know, when you're thinking about uh, the benefit available to you, that's an important part to look at. The other thing to think about is if your state is considered a tax parity state. And what that means is that you can receive the tax benefit regardless of what plan you invest in. So you can actually go out of state and not invest in your own state's plan to receive that tax benefit. So that's a a crucial piece of the the pie as well. Um, And as I mentioned, they can be pretty generous in the amount. So it can overcome some of what might be a a downside to a plan in your state that that tax benefit can really overcome that. So in what situations then might it make sense to look outside of your state-sponsored plan? Sure, absolutely. So not all states provide a state tax benefit. Roughly uh, half of the U.S. population actually reside in a state without a state tax benefit. So that's the first, you know, those investors that don't have one available, uh, you're not tied to your in-state plan. So you're free to shop around uh, and look at all the uh, the offerings available across the country. Second would be those those, uh, people residing in a tax parity state. So obviously, you're still getting the benefit, but you can go wherever you'd like uh, and choose the plan that's best for you. Um, Morningstar also rates 529 plans. So, you know, obviously, there are plans out there that we have low conviction views on that maybe have structural flaws uh, that we think are reasons to look elsewhere. So that might be if your in-state plan um, isn't compelling or has the options that you're looking for, it might be another reason to go out of state. Um, but you know, as I mentioned, the tax benefit can be a very generous amount. So it is something to consider. Even maybe our lower conviction view plans where they might receive a neutral rating might still be uh, worth investing in in your, in your state if that tax benefit overcomes maybe the, the price of the plan. 
Now, you did mention that Morningstar does rate mm -hmm. 529 plans. What are some of the qualities that the best plans share that maybe investors should be looking for? Sure, absolutely. So we do uh, rate 529 plans on uh, four key pillars. So that's people, process, parent, and then the price. And those four pillars inform our holistic view, which is the Morningstar analyst rating I mentioned. Uh, and that can range from gold all the way to negative. And our highest conviction view plans, those are gold, silver, and bronze, uh, usually have strong characteristics or attributes across those pillars. You know, on the people side, we're looking for a strong investment team, experienced and, and deep amount of individuals behind the plan. Um, on the process side, we're looking for well-constructed options. Is it thoughtful, research-based? Uh, we're also looking for a robust investment menu. Um, are you offering everything that an education saver would want or potentially think about investing in? Um, and is that thoughtful? We're also looking, obviously, at the price. Is it attractively priced? It's a key piece or a, a, a important piece to think about. And then lastly, what does the stewardship of the state look like uh, and the investment manager? Are they providing strong oversight of the plan and making uh, improvements over time for the benefit of education savers? So, Adam, you mentioned the investment menu. And when you do select a 529 plan, you are sort of asked to, you know, choose among the investments in this menu. How does a, a college saver think about how to allocate the, the assets within that 529 plan? Absolutely. So there can definitely be a variety of options, you know, to the robust investment menu. So really at the high level, there's kind of two areas you're looking at. So the first would be the age-based options. And that's where you're getting an allocation between equity and bonds. And that allocation shifts over time as you become closer to your enrollment year into college, so a glide path. Um, the other bucket would be static options. And as the name implies, those allocations remain static, um, so they don't move or shift their allocations over time. And the underlying options or portfolios in that bucket can be you know, all uh, equity options, and they could be ranging from growth to maybe uh, value-oriented. And it can go all the way down the spectrum to uh, bond, funds. So you could see like a core plus fund uh, there as well. So you have a lot of option there. Really, you know, when you're thinking about it as an education saver, uh, the age-based portfolios are more for hands-off uh, investors, I would say. But on the static side, you know, somebody that's more hands-on, um, you know, maybe has more investment expertise, wants to be, you know, more involved, might like the static options better there. But it's not a one-size-fits-all, so you can go either way. The other thing to think about is what are your savings, what's the goal? What are your savings being used for? Um, obviously, the, the list of qualified education expenses has expanded. So, you know, maybe your time horizon is shorter than investing, you know, or taking the assets out when you're getting into college and through college. Maybe you're thinking about a shorter time horizon. And in that case, maybe a static option, you know, if you're wanting to use those assets in five years makes more sense than, you know, the longer um, investment experience you have with age-based portfolios. Well, Adam, thank you for your time today and for these tips to help us figure out which 529 plan might be right for our circumstances. We appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. I'm Susan Jabinski with Morningstar. Thanks for tuning in. Expand your investing horizons and look to the long term with Morningstar's podcast, The Long View. Join hosts Christine Benz and Jeff Patak as they talk to influential leaders in investing, advice, and personal finance. Search for and subscribe to The Long View today. Now, here are the highest rated 529 plans. Hi, I'm Susan Chavinsky with Morningstar. Morningstar recently updated its ratings on the largest 529 education savings plans. Joining me today to discuss this year's top rated plans is Adam Milson. Adam is an analyst with Morningstar's global multi-asset funds research team.
Thanks for joining me today, Adam. Thanks for having me, Susan. So we, um, Morningstar updates its 529 ratings every October. What are some of the best practices or qualities of the highest rated plans? Absolutely. Um, so we do update them annually, uh, and we focus on four key pillars. So that's people, process, price, and parent. And those four key pillars inform our holistic view of the plan, which is the Morningstar Analyst Rating. We have those from gold, silver, bronze, neutral to negative. And for the gold-rated plans, we really look for strong characteristics across those four key pillars. So they usually have a strong investment team, robust resources, usually have a well-researched and constructed plan overall, and GlidePass supporting those. They also have an attractive fee compared to peers across the industry, and they have strong oversight from the state as well as from the investment manager. So this year, there were three plans that came out with our highest rating, the gold rating. Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to talk a little bit about those plans in particular. Um, the first is Utah's My529 plan. And um, this is the only plan that has achieved a gold rating ever since we started giving out ratings right. in 2012, I believe, for 529 plans. So tell us what's what's so enduring about this particular plan. Absolutely. So the My529 investment team is very robust and deep team overseeing this plan. Um, and although it's had a strong rating uh, for many years, like you noted, uh, they haven't really rested at all. Uh, they're continually improving the plan. And we saw that again this year. So this year they collapsed their four age-based options options, which focused on a stepped glide path uh, to a one singular progressive glide path. A progressive glide path uh, more gradually um, de-risks over time, uh, which we view as one approach that's best practice. So they're continually improving the plan for investors. When you look under the hood of the portfolios as well, they're using low-cost index funds. So they have strong constructions, but come at a very attractive price. So overall, uh, participants or education savers here are getting a very well thought out and researched product, but at the same time at a very attractive price. So it should prove well over the long term. And another gold-rated plan is um, Illinois' plan, we are in Illinois right now. Um, the Bright Start Direct Sold College Savings Plan earns our top ratings. Tell us a little bit about that one. Absolutely. Um, so this plan, you get really a nice mix of offerings here. Uh, they do offer a glide path that is stepped. So like we talked about, um, you know, not a progressive glide path, but it does use 10% equity steps, which we think is sufficiently gradual to reduce timing risks, which is the biggest concern um, over the glide path is that abrupt de-risking um, during critical periods. So not only are you getting that well thought out glide path, but at the same time, you're getting different options. So they offer a multi-firm option and an index option. And the multi-firm option uses low cost core index funds and then uses a strong actively managed strategies around that. So it's a solid construction there. But on the index side, you're really just getting mainly index funds. Um, and then within those options, you actually get three different tracks. Um, so investors with different risk tolerances, you're getting an aggressive track, you're getting a moderate, and you're getting a conservative. So you get a lot of variety um, that really kind of meets your own risk tolerance as the education saver. Um, and you know, lastly, with that low-cost index fund, it is one of the cheaper across compared to peers. Uh, so it is attractively priced. And then the state itself provides very strong oversight, uh, which has helped low fee, lower fees over time, but also continually improve the plan for investors. So you're getting a strong product here as well. And then the last gold-rated choice is um, Michigan Education Savings Program. 
Also yes. gold rate, tell us about that one. Yep, so it was upgraded last year to gold from silver. Um, and here, you know, really we upgraded it last year because of the strong track record of investment oversight that you're getting from the plan. But here you're also getting a progressive glide path. So it's very well constructed, research driven. Um, the investment manager here, Tia, um, focused on an aid, the age of beneficiary account open, which really informed the uh, equity allocation across the glide path. So very research driven, uh, which we like. You're also getting it at a very low fee uh, because of the overall construction using low cost index funds. So another uh, strong plan that we look, look at as being a strong option for the future. So, Adam, should investors, you know, considering that you can invest in a 529 outside of your state, um, should investors just stick from choosing one of these three gold-rated funds, if they're uh, gold-rated plans, if they're looking for a 529, what would be the reason for not going with one of these gold-rated plans? Sure, absolutely. So, it's actually, no, you, you don't have to stick with those gold-rated plans. Um, they are our highest conviction view, so we think that they are great offerings for education savers over time. But one item that doesn't factor into our ratings is the state tax benefit available to uh, investors. And that's something that you should really keep in mind um, when you're looking at your own state's plan. Um, we don't include those in our ratings because we rate plans on a national level. Uh, and the impact and the tax implications are different, sorry, uh, for different investors. So, uh, you know, unique, it makes it a little bit more difficult. But when you're looking at those tax and tax benefits available to you, that can be strong um, and keep you in state. So essentially, you know, if you're looking at that and you have a metalist rated plan with a strong tax benefit, it probably makes more sense to actually stay in state than go directly to a gold rated plan. Um, so it's definitely something to keep in mind um, when you're looking and shopping around for 529 plans. Well, Adam, thank you for your time today and helping us uncover sort of what's behind these gold-rated plans and also have us think a little bit more broadly about looking beyond these three. We appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm Susan Jabinski with Morningstar. Thanks for tuning in. And lastly, steer clear of these 529 savings plan options. Hi, I'm Susan Jabinski with Morningstar. Morningstar recently updated its ratings on the largest 529 education savings plans. Joining me today to discuss the plans that earned our lowest ratings is Adam Milson. Adam is an analyst with Morningstar's Global Multi-Asset Funds Research Team. Nice to see you, Adam. I see you, Susan. So um, we update our 529 plan ratings every October. How many plans did we rate this year, and how many earned our lowest rating, which is the negative rating? So this year we rated 62 plans in total. Uh, there was four upgraded plans, seven downgraded plans, and we initiated coverage on one plan this year. And then what traits do the 529 plans with negative ratings share? Sure, absolutely. So negative rated plans, um, obviously our lowest conviction um, out there. So, you know, usually they have one structural, major structural flaw or flaws um, that we see. So that can be excessively high fees. It can be very under-resourced um, investment teams. That could be, uh, you know, subpar oversight from the state or the investment manager. Or that could also just be uh, a poorly constructed uh, glide path, outdated glide path. Many of these negative rated, negative rated plans have this structural or structural flaws, but they also tend to be those that are a step behind an industry that is very quickly moving and evolving um, for the betterment of investors. 
So Adam, of the seven plans that earn negative ratings, five are sold through financial advisors. So is there some relationship between financial advisors and not so great 529 plans? So it's not a direct relationship um, by any means. Uh, we do have two bronze rated advisor sold plans, so they can earn um, our medalist rating. Uh, one is offered by Ohio and the other by Virginia. So not a direct relationship, but uh, advisor sold plans do tend to come at a higher fee, which is a, a key pillar um, of our ratings. Um, and really there's two key drivers to that. So advisor sold plans obviously cater to financial advisors who get commissions on the funds or plans that they put investors in. So that's one piece of it. The second piece would be the construction of those portfolios that tend to be an advisor sold plan. So we tend to see more actively managed strategies going into the portfolios of advisor sold plans. And because of that, the fees are higher than what you would see with index products that a lot of maybe direct sold plans like to use. So those are the two key reasons that drive the higher fees, which is an inherent piece of our assessment of plans. So, and let's do a deep dive into just a couple of the plans that received negative ratings from us this time. Um, first, we downgraded uh, Nevada's SSGA U-Promise 529 plan this year from neutral to negative. Why? Yeah, so this Nevada plan, um, really two key reasons to the downgrade this year. First is the outdated glide path that it has. Um, although it is a progressive glide path, which we do see as an industry best practice or one of, uh, and they were one of the first to roll that progressive glide path out. But at the same time, they've really fallen behind. Uh, and the glide path construction itself, uh, we have concerns with, specifically uh, the steep nature of the glide path um, kind of going into the enrollment year. Uh, that's a critical time for education savers and something um, that is you know, behind what we would expect. Secondly, uh, is the oversight of the plan. So Nevada, unlike many states, actually has five plans that they're overseeing. Uh, many plans have just two plans, uh, or many states just have two plans. Um, so having five plans uh, under the oversight alongside uh, stretched resources is a, is a concern. So those two reasons are really why uh, we saw the downgrade to negative this year. And then we did downgrade another plan to negative this year from neutral, New Mexico's Scholar's Edge plan. And again, that went from neutral to negative. Why? Yeah, absolutely. So the big driver here was the departure of New Mexico State's Executive Oversight Board's uh, director, and that's Ted Miller. Ted Miller joined uh, the state and the board in 2015, and he was a uh, immediate impact to the plan. Uh, and he drove a lot of uh, meaningful changes over the years to not only this plan, but the direct sold plan um, that the state offers as well. So in 2019, he was a key piece to the overhaul of those plans where we had positive use of the changes that they were making. So his abrupt, abrupt uh, retirement uh, was a big loss for the state, uh, but also left the state under-resourced. Um, so that's a concern. Then also the, the overall plan's fees are high compared to the overall universe. Um, so that is a detriment to education savers over the long haul as well. So then lastly, let's say you're an investor and you're in you know, a, a subpar 529 mm -hmm. plan. Is there anything you can do about that? Can you switch to a different plan? Are there penalties for doing that? What are your options? Definitely. So you can switch from plan to plan um, and you have that option. Uh, and in most cases, there aren't tax implications tied to that. The IRS does allow one uh, tax-free rollover per beneficiary every 12 months. Um, so you do have that option available to you. Um, but if you do go over that limit, there can be penalties associated. So if you're thinking about moving from a plan to a different plan, you just wanna make sure that you're, you're being cautious and understand uh, that you're, you're actually qualifying for that one tax-free rollover. And in that case, there's no implications. But again, if you, if you go over that limit, then there can be penalties.
Well, Adam, thank you for your time today and for walking us through some of these negative rated plans. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm Susan Javinsky with Morningstar. Thanks for tuning in. That does it for this week's Investing Insights podcast from Morningstar. We hope you have enjoyed our program and we welcome your feedback. Please send your comments and questions to podcast at Morningstar.com. From everyone here at Morningstar, thanks for listening. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Opinions expressed are as of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. The views and opinions of guests on this program are not necessarily those of Morningstar Inc. and its affiliates. Morningstar and its affiliates are not affiliated with this guest or his or her business affiliates unless otherwise stated. Morningstar does not guarantee the accuracy or the completeness of the data presented herein. The podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered tax advice. Please consult a tax and or financial professional for advice specific to your individual circumstances. Morningstar Research Services, LLC, is a subsidiary of Morningstar, Inc. and is registered with and governed by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. Morningstar Research Services shall not be responsible for any trading decisions, damages, or other losses resulting from or related to the information, data analysis, or opinions, or their use. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investments are subject to investment risk, including possible loss of principal. Individuals should seriously consider if an investment is suitable for them by referencing their own financial position, investment objectives, and risk profile before making any investment decision.